tomb that is empty. Okay, there we go. 2 Timothy chapter 4, if you'll turn there. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, <clears throat> we have the Olympics, I think, taking place. Are they taking place, right? Yeah. Yeah. They got the Olympics and things like that. We would watch it in the past. I don't think we've watched anything yet. I mean, we haven't watched anything. But uh, you certainly have uh, people that have devoted themselves to, uh, sometimes they devote their whole lives to go to the Olympics. And, uh, you know, and it's a big thing. Well, we think about the importance. Let's see, Second Timothy uh, chapter 4. And uh, let's go ahead and stand, if you will, with the reading of God's Word tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebu rebuke, exhort with long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teaching teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned to, into fables. But watch thou in all, all, all things, endure afflictions, do the work of, the, of an evangelist, make full proof of the ministry. And so we see the word of God here as it says, as it continues on, verse 6, for I am not ready to be offered, and, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at the day, or at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So we think about what the Lord's going to do, and, and we think about how we think about the importance of preaching God's word. Being instant in season, out of season. We think about the world that has turned. Doesn't, you don't have to look very far today and you see that the world has turned. The world is turning very fast. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for tonight. We thank you for uh, these few moments we have in your word. I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you would just challenge us in your word. We thank you, God, for loving us. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for a tomb that is empty. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for that you died on the cross. and you were, uh, Once you died for our sins, you were placed in a tomb. And three days later, you rose again. Death could not keep you. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for that salvation that is through you, 100% through you, Lord Jesus, not of ourselves. We thank you for that free gift of eternal life. I pray that if someone here doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that they would uh, come to know you as Savior, that they would invite you to come into their hearts and save them, Lord. We thank you, God, for uh, your wonderful work of salvation. And God, we pray that you'd bless this time, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we think about how important it is to preach God's word. It's very important. We think about uh, the Olympics. is a very, uh, very uh, interesting thing. The further you look into it, you see how everything works precision-like. You have coaches that are working with their people, uh, their uh, athletes, as you would, their athletes, their devoted athletes. Uh, their devotion is to uh, what, win the gold. They're not looking at the silver, probably. They're not looking at the uh, bronze. They're not looking at other, other things. They're looking at the gold, and they're in it for the gold. Amen? If you're in it for the silver, you'd be questioning, well, what are you, wait a minute here. Maybe you're on the wrong team. But uh, they're, they're, they're thinking, they're, they're, they're aiming for the gold. If you aim for the gold and get silver, so be it. But you're always aiming for something a little further down the road. 
And so it's a very competitive, as, as we would look a little further, we would look at the, uh, everything's, uh, everything's down to where, how, what you eat, how many eggs you eat in the morning, when you eat, the kind of stuff you're taking, and sometimes you get sponsors that sponsor you, and maybe there'll be a, a nutrition company of some sort, and they'll try to give you that diet that you're looking for, that gives you the edge, that gives you just uh, the ability to have the endurance, and, and so they train, and they train, and they train. They wake up super early. They go to bed late. Uh, or actually, they go to bed early, don't they? They go, get up early, and then they go to bed early. That's right. And they, uh, and they hydrate, and they do all the different things that they're coached to do in order to get the gold, in order to get, the, get, get there and, and present themselves in the best way. And these people are working hard. They're, they're, they're watching their times. They know what their times are. And uh, I remember my son Noah, when he was at track, I remember he was uh, running that track. That was just really interesting how uh, you know, he could run. He could really run around that track. And, and we think about the fact that sometimes you're carrying that baton around that track and you would uh, pass it off, right, to the next person. And that passing it off to the next person was very important, wasn't it? You know, you think that's very important. You can run as fast as you can, but if you can't pass that successfully to the other person, uh, you're going to have some problems. Uh, you can fast. You can go around that track like uh, uh, who's who, uh, Speedy Gonzalez, or you could go around that track like uh, what's that bird, the uh, the Roadrunner. And he goes around that track, and he, he he you can go as fast as you want, but if you don't successfully pass over the baton, uh, all that all that running, all that effort is for naught. We think of of the fact today we have the opportunity to pass the baton. We as Christians, it's a very important thing for us as a church to be able to be thinking about passing the baton. When I thought about the Olympics, I thought about that passing the baton, how important it was. And we think about how, uh, uh, we think about Paul and his uh, desire to uh, see those that are taking the baton to run with it, to take it, and, be, and, and go in God's power and do what God really wanted to be done. We have a great opportunity today to see people get saved. But it takes, it takes effort. We as a church, it takes effort for us to present the gospel, to get the gospel out there, to pass the baton. We think of some young people that are going to college. We know that Noah's already gone to college, and we know that these young people that go to college, uh, this is a great opportunity to pass the baton. They're going to go for some good training. When they go to Golden State Baptist Bible College, they're going to go there, and they're going to get some great training. That's if they have the right heart. And if they have the right heart, they're going to have some good training. These are people that are going to have, these are young people that are going to have the opportunity to start, go into the future, and they're going to be able to take the baton. And so it's important for us to pass on that baton. We at Bible Baptist Church, we all have the opportunity to be an encouragement to those that are around us. We bring, uh, we had a full van this morning. That's not, that's not really, that's a blessing in the middle of summer, amen? I'm telling you, that's a blessing. I can tell you some, in the past, when I, when I was a bus director at a certain church, uh, Bible Baptist Church at Puyallup, uh, we had three buses running. We'd run them all through the summer, all through, and we would average uh, a couple hundred. Uh, one year, I remember, we, we tallied up the averages, and it was, uh, we'd average uh, uh, 200 on the buses through the year, I think it was, and then we would, uh, we, that would be basically what we would average over the year. We would average on certain buses, I think we averaged, uh, there was one bus that averaged 60, uh, but it was a. But we think about all the 100, 100 visitors a month. We had 100 visitors. We tallied that, that number up. 100 visitors a month would come in, and a lot of those young people would receive Christ as their Savior. And many of those people, uh, we if we had the opportunity to go out and meet their parents, they we would present the gospel, and it was an opportunity. And those young people would grow up into the church. 
And even some of those bus, uh, bus kids would become deacons and trustees in, the, in that church and would start becoming the pillars of that church, as many other churches around the, around the nation. We had the opportunity to pass the baton to someone else. What a blessing that is. What a blessing when we can be an encouragement to somebody and encourage them, first of all, to know Christ as their Savior. So they can know and they can settle that once and for all to be a Christian. Not because, you're, not because you're, you come through the doors of a Christian church, not because you get baptized, not because you do good works or give lots of money to something. It, it, it's knowing Christ as your Savior. It's personally knowing Him, putting your faith and trust in Jesus and what He did on the cross. What a wonderful thing that is. But we have the opportunity to be an encouragement. Some churches, uh, they get to a point where they're not being encouragement as they once were. Sometimes they'll bring bus kids in and they'll realize that, wow, there's a big hole in the wall. Where'd that come from? And they see kids all getting a little rowdy and things like that. And uh, they're not going to be so tolerant when it comes time to put forth their voice. Uh, they might say, well, these kids, they do a lot of damage around here and all that. And I don't know if it's really worth bringing them in. I'm not, I don't know if it's really worth to have the classes like we have them and this and that. They might start complaining. They have their eyes on the, 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 world, uh, the physical things rather than the eternal things. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying we ought to let just kids run wild, you know, but I am saying we need to really be an encouragement to our kids. And uh, we need to be encouragement. These kids in the front, somebody might get a little upset. The fact they kind of little, they're a little fidgety. They got lots of energy. And I think personally, I think they're doing pretty good. They do great. They're going around. They're looking for envelopes so they can give some money. And, and what a blessing. That's a blessing to see them do that. Uh, some people might be bothered by, well, they're getting up and all that. And praise the Lord, they're part of the church. They're tomorrow's church. And guess what? They're actually today's church. They're in today's church. Amen. And so they get saved. They receive Christ as their Savior. They're challenged. They're encouraged to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're able to do something because somebody passed the baton to them. Somebody successfully was an encouragement to them. How many testimonies have I come across of, young, of Christians that uh, received Christ as their Savior and they got into a church and uh, they were in church because somebody was an encouragement to them. They were encouraged. We think about the, uh, the opportunity today we can uh, preach the word and we have the opportunity to get involved. And uh, we think about today, we think about verse 4, and they, shall, uh, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. We think about the day and age we live in. This is the, this is the day and age we live in. If there's a day and age that needs preaching, it's today. We think about if there's a day and age that we need to be involved, that we don't need to be offline is today. We need to be online. We need to be involved. We need to be praying. We need to be in the game. Amen? You ever seen somebody, they're in the game, but they're not in the game? Uh, they're playing basketball, but you're wondering where they're at. You know, hey, where are you at? Uh, uh, the, the, the hoop's over here, not that side, you know, or, or you know, whatever. Get, it, get your head in the game. Sometimes we've got to get, as Christians, we've got to get our head in the game and get our eyes on Jesus. And we see that we have a great opportunity as Christians to do that. Uh, Psalms 119, if you'll turn there, Psalms 119. Psalms 119. I'll keep saying that because I'm turning too. I'm not there yet. Psalms 119, I'd like to challenge you to read Psalms 119. This is a long ver uh, chapter, uh, but it's a very good chapter uh, of God's Word. All, all, God's, all God's Word is good, but we see that uh, it's a wonderful chapter. If you've not read it, I encourage you to take some time and read it. Psalms 119, 105, here's this word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. 
we see today we have a, little, a lot of young people. If there's ever a time, there, uh, it is today that uh, we have some young people with lights. Their path is awfully dark. They're coming from families. I, I would uh, tell you that in the past, I was always, uh, I was, I was as, much, as much as everybody else that worked in the bus ministry amazed. We we're always amazed when you'd go to some of these bus kids. They were so jubilant and excited to come on our bus. And we'd go there. And sometimes they would take some encouragement. Oh, we'll, t- we'll wait a few moments for you to get your shoes on or, or get dressed and be ready. And uh, we would wait a little bit. But you'd look inside the door and you'd look at the conditions of where they lived. You look at the conditions of their family. Talking to a mom where the father's not there, and talking to a mom where uh, she would say, well, yeah, uh, this is one visit. I was with a bus captain, and he said, well, uh, I, I remember uh, uh, this guy was running across the street. He got shot. He ran across the street. You could see the street from where her door was. He ran across the street. He got shot. He ran across the street and collapsed because he got shot and died right there in the middle of the road. And these are the places and neighborhoods that many bus routes are, are ran in. We see that it happens all around us. I remember that same lady uh, previously, months before, had talked about her car was riddled with bullets. You know, the uh, policemen at that time were running around with, uh, they had to run around with different kinds of weaponry in order to combat that because they had gangs and stuff like that that were, uh, that were going through the neighborhoods. It was a tough neighborhood, uh, but these were where the kids were, and they were great kids. Wonderful people, uh, and you know, uh, it, it's a rough, it's a rough neighborhood, but God wants to reach people, amen? The Lord wants us to reach people, and that's today's church, that's tomorrow's church. Uh, they bring some experience to the church that no one else can bring, and, uh, and, and God, is, God is even using their experience in order to be an outreach to others, even their neighbors. How many Sundays did we see people uh, inviting folks to come to church? Other kids inviting other kids, even adults, to come to church. Big crowds would be waiting for the bus all of a sudden. You could see that they were encouraged to bring kids. And we'd have big days. We'd bring them in, and, and they would receive. The, they would hear the gospel. They'd hear that Jesus loved them and that Jesus died for them. And what a wonderful response we would see as people would get involved. They'd reach out, and they'd be interested in passing the baton. There would be uh, Sunday school teachers, as we have here, Sunday school teachers, and teachers that uh, pour into the kids, uh, into them the ministry. It's like a ministry. They're pouring into them God's word. They're pouring into them God's word and his, his will. And they're giving them the light that they need in a dark world today. They're giving them the encouragement. How many, how, how, you know, you're such an encouragement to the boys and girls that come in here. You're such an encouragement uh, in the teen department when you reach out and you reach out to these teens that uh, uh, they don't get much encouragement. They may be coming from a home or they may be coming from a neighborhood. Uh, they don't get that kind of encouragement. They may get the encouragement of being pushed around. That's, some, that's, not, very, that's not encouragement. They're getting pushed around by life. Life is a little tough. And so today, I think of the fact that uh, we have the opportunity to pass the baton. Turn your Bibles to Joshua, if you would. Joshua. I talked to you early about Joshua. And we're going to look at him for a little bit here. As I said earlier, Joshua in in Sunday school, I think I said uh, Joshua had some big shoes to fill. And uh, Moses is off the scene. In Joshua chapter 1, the word of God says here, let me get a drink of water here. 
Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, My servant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to thee, them, even to the children of Israel, every place that thy soul uh, the sole of your foot shall tread upon. That have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness, and this is Lebanon, uh, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not, be, not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And so we see this, uh, this great verse here, be strong in verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. And so we see that to be strong and of good courage. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And so we see here the instructions, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and that, thou shalt, that thou mayest be observed, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, and whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth to you to possess. So we see here the, uh, the great shoes that, Joshua has to fill the great opportunity that Joshua is given. But we see a great amount of pressure, a lot of stress for, for Joshua. This is a big job. Moses has been doing it for a while. And we see that God is going to be with Joshua. We see that Joshua could have been instructed all these things, and he could have said, well, let's just wait a minute here. Uh, he could have been told all this, and he could have just said, let's just give this a little bit of time. No, I know God has commanded us to do this, but he could have put the brakes on a little bit. Let's just... Chew on us for a little while. We think about the promises that God had given to Joshua and for him to proceed and that God would be with him. And boy, wouldn't he have been in trouble if he would have just put the brakes on and said, wait a minute. Let's, let's think about this, you see. When we think about Joshua, Joshua was a man of faith and we see that he trusted God and he had a relationship with God and it would continue and it would be very important. We as God's, God's people, we can also do that. When we think about the promises God has in his word and we come across those promises and we choose to think about it, I'll be thinking about whether I want to step on this promise or not whether I want to, and God has brought it to your attention. You've got to speak, spoken to your heart, and you keep back, you hold back, and let me think about this for a little while. What does that do? What's that going to do in, in our faith process? We know that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, but we think about the, the tragedies that could happen if we halt, if we hold back, if we are between the two. We think about Elijah when he went and he was on Mount Carmel, and he said, how long, be, how long, uh, do you, how long, you know, while you stand between 
two decisions. Serve the Lord or serve Baal. Serve the Lord or serve Baal. Choose you this day. No, not tomorrow. Today. We see uh, the great message that Elijah had. And God was definitely with him. Would you say not? And as soon as Elijah said amen, and that was after hours of all these people cutting themselves and dancing around trying to get that altar to uh, be consumed, and there was Elijah, he prays and he says amen, and, all, and the fire is already coming out of the sky. And, you know, that thing hit. And we think about the fact that that thing, of course, was consumed. Everything was consumed. I'm always amazed at how everything was consumed. The dust was consumed. The water was consumed. That precious water that, by the way, would have been a great sacrifice because there was a great, great big drought. Precious was that water. And they were pouring it all over the altar. Oh, my goodness. There was water, water in, the, in the trenches. So it licked all that up. It licked all the dust up. It looked all those rocks that were around there represented the 12 tribes of, of, of Israel were around that, that sacrifice. And they were consumed. That's some pretty furious heat. Now, I don't know what it sounded like. I don't know what it, it must have felt like something. If you've ever been close to a fire, it's hot. You walk by some guys putting out a fire, a big house fire, you can't get too close to that. You begin to feel a little respect for those firefighters that run into a fire. That's kind of like crazy, right? Even with all the uniform, all the stuff they have on. Praise the Lord that they have that uh, on them. But we think about the fire, the Feel the, what it felt like for uh, to be around that consuming fire that consumed that altar. I don't even know what color it was. It could have been a different color. It could have been white. You know, they say different colors represent the different kinds of heat that are are are, are, are produced when it, when something goes. And uh, I, I can't imagine what it would take to to consume rocks, boulders, and things like that. But how long halt you between two decisions? Either be for God or be for Baal. Let's choose now. Choose today. You know, we don't have much time. We don't have much time. We know the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen. How long halt you between two? We have the opportunity to, to, today to pass the baton. We have the opportunity today to run the van and, and be in ministry and go out on visitation and do what we can to reach the lost with a glorious gospel. Amen. We have that opportunity. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, if you'll turn there. This is where we're almost done. Philippians chapter 2, if you will. Today, we really don't have a lot of time. I feel as if, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like, you know, uh, we just don't have much time. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. And Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. I'm still turning, see? <laughs> So Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels, uh, and, mercy, uh, bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each, each esteem, each, uh, esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on the things of uh, on, uh, on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. This is what our Savior did. Amen. 
He didn't come here and say, well, I'm, I, okay, we're getting this together. We're going to take up money. I'm building a throne right now. And that's not the way the Lord Jesus operated. He came and he, he presented himself, and he was as a servant, uh, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Look at that. He humbled, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The, uh, wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall, should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess the, uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in, the, in, my, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For if, if it is God that which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure, do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, and holding forth the word of, of life, that I may rejoice in that day of Christ, that I, may, uh, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So we think about the things that we should be uh, and we ought to consider the Lord Jesus Christ as we're handing off the baton of faith to the youngsters and to other people in our church. We ought to think about the servant that Lord Jesus Christ was. It wouldn't be too much for us to be humbled and be a servant also. Right. Now, we're, of course, I, I talked about the fact that we're a friend of God. We're not, a, we're not servants, but we're a friend of God. But here, we're to serve others. Christ was about others, by the way. Right. Jesus Christ was not about himself. He was always about others. And Jesus Christ was sent of his, of his father, and he came, and he was born in a manger, and he lived 33 years. Three of those years was ministry, and we understand that for 33 years he lived a life, and his aim was always to a place called Calvary. His aim was always to a place called Calvary, and there was a cross to which he would be put up, and he would have to die for you and for me. And he wasn't, his life was not taken, his life was given. God gave his life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that everlasting life is a wonderful thing. Amen, yes. You know, the gift of eternal life. We think about the, what it says there in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that gift of eternal life and how it's a gift. What a wonderful thing it is. When you just think about it, it what a wonderful, what a blessing it is to have that gift, to be a possessor of that gift. To realize what Jesus did for you to be saved, for us to know heaven, for us to know for sure that we have a home in heaven. That just blows me away. That we can all know. You don't have to be, well, I hope I'm saved. No, you can know you're saved. That's just unbelievable. And it ought to make our skin tingle. It ought to be, you ought to get excited about that. Man, I can't believe it. We think about, we think about the great opportunity for people to be saved. If the only we think about only if we would just step into that, step across into those promises God has for us, the promise of Him going with us and being with us, that so we go out into the world and, and teach all nations and all that. God goes with us. He's He's even with us. God's with us. We we step across those promises and He helps us out. He empowers us. He strengthens us. He helps us to be the witness that He wants us to be. 
I know, I know we can go through programs and things like that, and we can, and then we can better ourselves. That's, those are good and all that, but we really need to be what God wants us to be. Amen. Ultimately, we need to be what God wants us to be. And we need to talk to people, amen? amen. He that showeth himself, he that hath friends showeth himself friendly. Is that the verse we went over this morning? I'm kind of chopping that up a little bit, but you get the, you get the message. We think about that, what an incredible thing that is. And Jesus was a great friend. He was, I'm telling you, he was out there. Where was Jesus? He was everywhere. How many people did Jesus heal? How many people did Jesus, it's, it's, not, it's not even all contained, all the things that Jesus did is not containable in God's in the word of God, or let alone any book, or a library of books in any library. We have a Savior that has done all that is required for us to be saved. And what an incredible opportunity that is for our neighbors, for our valley, for our world. We have a great opportunity. There's still people out there that need the Lord, amen? And we need to be about passing that baton to the younger generation, passing the baton, maybe to someone who's our own age, passing the baton and saying, okay, let's run this race and let's pass it well. Let's ask the Lord to help us to pass that baton. We have a great opportunity as a church to pass the baton. And uh, let's make it count. Let's put some thought into it. Let's pray, pray and have God's power in doing so and that we would see him work in a mighty way. Of no reputation, Jesus had no reputation. He had humility in his life. Boy, we need some humility in our lives sometimes, amen? amen? We need some humility in our lives that we would just do and be what God would have us to be, that others would know Christ. With your heads bowed, eyes closed this evening.